The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space. You hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. What's going on, everybody? I am Mike Heck. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and got to take a little breather from UFC action. I mean, one had an event and things got a little weird with the whole Sage Northcutt situation, but we did have the Royal Rumble, so you at least got to watch something. And now the UFC is back this weekend. And the I guess there's good and bad with that because the good is you get a little bit of a reprieve. You get a Saturday night off. You get to relax a little bit. But at the same time, there's really like nothing to react to certain weeks. And this is kind of one of those weeks because there was no UFC event on Saturday. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the Royal Rumble a little bit, but I don't think that's why a lot of people are here. And like all the dust has kind of settled from 297. I think all the takes are gone. I guess there's still like UFC 300 chatter, but it's just kind of like one of those weird days because a lot of times you come on the show and there's things to react to. There's a big announcement the night before. There was a fight card the weekend before, and we could talk about it. And now we're kind of in a weird place where it's just like, eh, what do we talk about? But luckily, it's one of those shows where it's a call-in show, and we can talk about essentially whatever you want. So real quick before we get into everything, a uh, fun little announcement. A lot of people over the last... I don't know, a year, 
year and a half, maybe even longer. Uh, and it came up again. It was more prevalent over the last few weeks when we did the show on YouTube. A lot of people were like, hey, why not do like super chats and things, things of that nature? Um, super thanks, all that good stuff. And I'm here to tell you that as of right now, uh, that is now a thing on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. We have the super chat. We have the super thanks. We have the super stickers, all that fun stuff. Uh, we have no idea how to really use any of it. I certainly don't, but uh, we are learning, and now that is a thing. So there you go, especially with all the, the Q&A stuff, all the craziness going on. Uh, give you guys the chance to, to skip the line on a lot of stuff. And we're going to try some stuff tomorrow uh, with BTL. We'll do like a Q&A episode. And then BTL will get a little more interesting as well because of this new feature. Uh, and if there's something you guys watched in the past and you're like, wow, this is really fun. Thank you for doing this. You can go ahead and do a super thanks or whatever. Again, I'm not really sure how it works. I know a lot of people asked for it. A lot of people were like, Let's just, you guys should do it. Uh, so now we're doing it. So thank you very much for the idea. And now you guys can stop bugging me about it. So that is a thing on the YouTube channel. You can go and do the super thanks stuff right now. And we can do some super chat stuff uh, on all the shows. So get excited. And Scott's booing. I don't know why. You don't have to. You don't have to super chat. You don't have to do any of that shit. But if you want to, you can. We have given you the option. We are listening to the masses, so to speak, but there's always one that doesn't like it. So, all right, let's get into the program. Let's get started. Uh, let's fire away here. Let's fire away. Let's get to a million questions today. Ani, go ahead. Sounds a little, what do you say, deeper because... I unfortunately, for the first time in my life, something to check off of the bucket list, I have tested positive for COVID-19. And this is the first time. Um, but the symptoms are mild, and I think I should be fine in a day or two. Um, so first off, um, I, I know that this is not a free-for-all Friday, but you didn't mention uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, my one of the first question is um, what 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 is this curse that's been following CM Punk? Like whenever there is this huge event or an event that is that that will really you know sort of get him to the mountaintop, you know, he always gets injured. Like it's just the timing. I'm not I'm not saying that you know. I don't mean it in a wrong way. I mean, it's unfortunate that he's getting injured, but it's just the timing. You know, I kind of feel bad for him, you know. And did you catch the segment between CM Punk and Drew McIntyre? So the WWE style promos are not my thing because I feel they're really scripted. I, I prefer the AEW style um, promo, but... I think this was really well-written, or maybe it's just that CM Punk and Drew McIntyre are really, really good at what they do. Did you check it out? Uh, if not, like, there's this really nice part where it's like 
the conviction with which Drew McIntyre delivers that promo, the conviction with which he says a certain thing. Oh boy, that was amazing. It like this was the first time in a long time that I thought a WWE promo, a promo battle was, you know, it was good. It, it wasn't CM Punk MJF levels, but it was good. I I, I liked it. And another quick question um, that I have. Uh, everyone keeps talking about UFC 300. Uh, what's What do you think will happen uh, in UFC 301? Is that the Brazil card? Is that where we expect Alex Pereira to fight? Um, and why do you think UFC is not announcing the main event? Is it because they want to build the anticipation? Or are they just plain and simple clueless? Well, that's all I had. Uh, thank you, Mike. Heck of a morning. Speak to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Uh, hope you feel better. Um, yeah, I did watch that segment on Raw. I actually watched all of Raw last night, and it was really good. Um, one of the best episodes of wrestling TV in a very long time. Uh, even with it being three hours and get real sloggy, uh, this is an A, almost an A-plus show. So, yeah, it was really good. I thought Punk and Cody were great last week. Punk and Drew were great this week. WWE's just on fire right now. And that and that's it's tough. Like you wanted to see Punk and Rollins at WrestleMania, but at the same time, like it's all good. They're on fire. It's I mean, the Vince stuff obviously the Vince McMahon stuff is obviously horrible. And all that stuff is is crazy. But in terms of like the, the television product and the events, I mean, they're just just home run after home run after home run. So good, good on them. As far as 300 goes, why have they not announced the main event? I think they, here's my guess. And that this, I have no insight to this whatsoever. I think they want to do DDP versus Izzy. I think that's the one they want. I think it makes all the sense in the world. If they can't get it for some reason, like if Izzy's not ready to go mentally or DDP's not ready to go physically, They'll probably try to do the Connor Chandler fight. I mean, they're teasing it on social media. But I think it's gonna end up being one of those two fights. Dana keeps saying it's gonna be crazy and we're not we're not ready for it. I'm just not really sure what else it could be at this point, but we'll see. 301, my guess is, and I've been saying this for a while, I don't think Alex Pereira is fighting at 300. I know everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's fighting at 300. I, I never thought he was, especially if they're going to Rio in May. I am hearing rumblings that they're looking in that direction. It's not done yet. It's not even to the point where you could report anything yet. Uh, I've heard s some things. That's all I'll say. Um, but it's a little too soon to really talk about it. But um, all I could say is like, if the UFC has their druthers, Pereira will headline that card, but it's nowhere near done. It's not something that can be reported. Uh, so it'll be like, oh, Mike Hex reporting this. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, we're talking like if this fight is like you have to go from the kickoff all the way to the other end of the field, they're moving the ball, but like very slightly. We're in the beginning of a drive is where we're at right now. But this is not like a shock to anybody. They're going to Rio. You might as well have – the Brazilian champions fight on that card, right? 
do Pereira on that card. Maybe Jamal Hill will be ready to go. Um, there's videos of him training. I was hearing like April, May, like positive, like positive thinking that could happen. It still seems kind of crazy that that would happen so soon after an injury like that. But we've seen fighters heal from pretty catastrophic injuries really quickly. Like Tony Ferguson wasn't even a human being after suffering some of the injuries that he suffered and was able to come back in like less of a year from catastrophic injuries. So, and then Pantoja's the flyweight champion. Does he fight the, the Moreno? Does he fight Moreno if he beats Roy Ball? Like, what do we do there? I don't know. So, wouldn't shock me to see Pereira and Panto. Pantoja's already essentially said he's going to fight on that card. So, that would make all the sense in the world to me. Get Pereira on that card, save him. You don't need him for 300. Throw him on there with somebody, and Pantoja can be the co-main event, and we'll be off and running. That's kind of how I see this all playing out, but who the hell knows? The shit changes every day at this point, so... Uh, YVMZ, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a quick question. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting too ahead of myself, but um, if Teporia uh, beats Alex um, on this you know, upcoming uh, pay-per-view, do you think Alex would get an immediate rematch, or do you think they're going to want to move the division along? I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And two... Um, do you think Max Holloway will stay at 155? That's all I had. Thanks so much. Will Vulcan immediate rematch if he loses? Yeah, he better. He better. Look, this isn't... I'm not a huge fan of immediate rematches. But in Volkanovsky's case, yeah, you give him, a, you give him an immediate rematch. I mean, the guy has had this belt for years. He's put on... Incredible performance after incredible performance at 145. He's done everything the UFC has asked him to do. He's, I'm trying to like do the math in my head, but he's probably the longest reigning champion in the company right now. Like, if anybody deserves an immediate rematch, it's him. It's him. You know, if you get to like four or five title defenses, you should probably get it, unless it's like a business decision or a fighter wants to leave the weight class. But yeah, Volk, if Volk wants one, he'll get one. He's done the company a lot of favors. He stepped in on short notice to fight Makachev, did the company a favor. They'll pay. They'll they'll, they'll give him a solid. But it depends on how it goes too. It depends on how it goes. Like if if Tapore just wrecks him, just absolutely runs him over. That's bad. It's that's two bad knockout losses. Like if he gets knocked out, that's two bad knockout losses in what four months. He probably takes a break, and maybe they go to Poria Vloyev in his first title defense, and then Volk can come back and fight for the belt. Like I don't know. It's timing will be everything on that, but I'm pretty confident to say that Volk's next fight will be for the belt. Whether it's they, they run it right back or he takes some time and then comes back, Volk will fight for the belt again if he loses. Max, I don't know. I don't know if he'll stay. If he beat, I mean, if he beats Justin Gaethje, he stayed at 55, he'll probably get a title shot. He'll probably jump over the Oliveira Sarukian winner if 
he goes out and beats Justin Gaethje because that's just what the UFC does. So, yeah. I don't know. But if he just gets trucked, I don't know. Taporia being the champion would, would probably change some things too. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But if he wins, then he's definitely staying at 55 because he'll get a freaking title shot. Uh, Rafi Sports, go ahead. Hey, Mike. I hope you're having a good morning. So my question is about the UFC 300, Armand Sarukian, my fellow Armenian, against uh, Charles Oliveira. I wanted to know, like, your prediction on this, on this fight. So, I'll, like, I'll have to dive in a little deeper by the time we get to 300, but when this fight was announced and I was asked, like, my early prediction, I picked Armin Sarukian knockout round one in an absolutely chaotic and insane three minutes and 37 seconds of action where these two are just going to drop hammers on each other. Sarukian might even hit the canvas at some point, but he might come back. And I don't know. It's just going to be an absolutely chaotic fight. But I think Sarukian, I just think it's his time. I am the only one. I am the only one on MAFighting.com. Tremendous website. When we made our champion predictions for the year, I'm the only one with Armin Sarukian as my choice. And this isn't a, oh, I bet him at plus 1,600. No, 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 no. This is me planting my flag. I am cashing in the money in the bank briefcase. I'm going all in on Armin Sarukian this year. No one in this space has been higher on this man longer than I. I've been talking about this guy since before he was in the UFC. Then the Makachev fight. And since I got to MMA fighting, it's been the Sarukian show. I've been putting this man over, ranked him, all the questions. Oh, who's the guy to watch this year? Always Armin Sarukian. And now he's going to get his chance. And I'm cashing it in the briefcase. I'm cashing it in. There is no fight on planet Earth that I want to see more than Islam Makachev versus Armin Sarukian too. There is no fight I want to see more. I am completely fascinated by that fight. Of course, Sarukian has to take care of business against a tremendously tough Charles Oliveira. But I think he could do it. I think it's his time. I think it's his time. What he did to Benil Dariush was so impressive. I just think it's his time. I'm, gonna, I'm cashing in all the chips. I'm, going, I'm pushing them all in the middle of the table for Sarukian this year. So I'm picking him to win, but it's going to be an electric fight. It's going to have Oliveira Gaethje vibes. That's how exciting I think this fight's going to be. But I'll dive into some more tape and, and watch some stuff before 300, and I'll give you know a full-on prediction. But you know, preliminary pick, Sarukian, round one, KO. I don't think this fight gets to round two either way because of what I think is going to happen. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. 
The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, four on sniper. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, just real quick, I guess following up on what you were just talking about, Armin Saruk and becoming champ. Uh, I'm assuming you believe he beats Charles Oliveira, so I would like for you to sort of uh, lay out how he does it. How does he get the victory over Charles? That's pretty much all I got for you. I just did it. Oops, sorry. Uh, I just did it. These two guys are going to land absolute hammers on each other. Sarukian might get rocked at some point. But then he's going to come back and they're just going to keep throwing sledgehammers at each other. And then Charles is going to fall and Sarukian's going to put him away. So there you go. But yes, I, I just think it's going to be an absolute freaking barn burner. And then Sarukian just being the younger guy with less mileage. Um, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the most chaotic fight on the card, I think. Like, I think it might even steal some shine from the BMF title fight. Like, BMF title fight, I think it's going to go longer. So maybe it has, like, a little more staying power, and it's going to be, like, at the top of our minds because it just happened. But this one is going to be absolutely insane. Like, I don't think this is going to be, like... I don't expect a lot of takedowns being shot in this one. I don't expect this fun to be on the mat. I don't expect a lot of scrambles. I expect these two getting in there and just throwing absolute hammers at each other. So it should be fun. But it wouldn't shock me if Oliveira won because he's just that dude. Uh, go ahead, Abzualia. What's up, Mark? Good morning. Uh, just have two questions. First question is, uh, what do you think the UC should do with um, Jared Kennear? He's a bit of a tough spot. You know, he, I think he... It's both the best and worst time he has probably had uh, no more of a higher ceiling in his career, you know, being still in the title picture, but also where the division's changing a lot. And um, just to follow up with that question, just regarding the middleweight division, um, you know, with all these fights that's happening in the next two to three months, particularly with the uh, next uh, face of the divisions, like Brandon Allen, uh, Nasser Dean, you know, uh, Ikram Alaskarov and all these guys. I mean, if they win the next few fights, uh, how do you see the shift in the pedigree uh, of the division happening maybe in the next uh, year or two? Because, you know, in my opinion, I think people like Robert Whitaker, Paulo Costa, depending on what they do, win or lose, 
I could see someone like Robert Whitaker moving up to light heavyweight like he said he wanted to do two years back if he loses his fight to Costa. And Paulo Costa, I mean, let's be real, the guy's not really in any position to be in the title picture and he's barely won a single fight since 2022. So, yeah, I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Uh, thank you, sir. Sorry, a million things happening. Uh, I will answer the Cannoneer question and probably just combine them. I think Cannoneer... I think it was very smart that he called out Hamza Chemaev. I think that makes all the sense in the world. He's not getting a title shot. It's just not happening. Hamzad is a great call-out. I think it makes a lot of sense. If they don't do, like, Strickland Hamzad, which I think is the fight everybody would rather see, then sure. Add that to 300. If Hamzad's ready to go and Strickland's just like, nah, dude, I ain't fighting that guy, um, then you're good. Then you're all set. If he doesn't get Hamzad, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. He might be fighting Brendan Allen. He ain't getting a big name. They might even throw him Ikram Alaskarov when he comes back from whatever his injury is. So it's kind of like Hamzat or bust for him. I don't think he's going to get DDP. I don't see it happen. I think he's probably like, from how the UFC views him right now and him being out for as long as he's been out, He's like maybe third or fourth on their list right now of guys they would call to fight DDP. It's Izzy. It's Hamzat. It's Strickland and then him. So he's still got work to do. And I, it, I end like all these episodes talking about the middleweight division. And I'm just like, man, I always like forget to mention Jared Cannonier. So he's in play, but sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. But when you're in a title hunt, sometimes it doesn't. And I think in Cannoneer's case, it hasn't done him any favors. So, yeah, I, I like the strategy. Go get Hamzat, see if you can get it, because that's his best chance of getting a title shot. But I don't know if they go that route. And if he doesn't get Hamzat, then he's going to have to fight a high-risk, low-reward guy to stay in the position he's at. So he's in a very weird spot. Very weird spot. Let's go to CV. Hello, CV. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Happy Tuesday. Um, yeah, just to add on to Avzalia's question, um, uh, let's talk about um, this Saturday's uh, Apex main event, like um, the lead say and Imam Bob. Um, just like your early thoughts in the fight. And... Um, yeah, speaking of the middleweight division, it seems like at the top, you know, obviously you got DDP. Maybe Izzy fights him. Um, you got Strickland in play. Obviously, Kananir and and uh, Hamzat and Whitaker and Costa. Like, how about like the like be between the seven to like fifteen range? Like, um, like is Roman Delita going to become a thing this year if he gets like an impressive finish uh, over Imavov? And, and likewise with Imavov, like. Um, he's been kind of like underwhelming because like I remember when he first 
came in the UFC, he had like a promising start, but like um he had like a couple like middle weighty fights. Like they're not really like like good fights to watch, but but yeah, just your thoughts on that. I don't know with this one, honestly. Like Delete, I like is is Delete going to become a thing? I think he became a thing in 2022 with the year he had, going out there and just knocking out Kyle Dawkins, knocking out Phil Hawes, and then that crazy finish from back control against Jack Hermanson, like. He, like, arrived. And then he went in there and fought probably the middleweighty middleweight goat, Marvin Vittori, and lost. But it was a close fight, and there were people out there that thought Roman won that fight. So, And then he just kind of dealt with a lot. We haven't seen him in a long time. So in this division, like, you just can't miss a lot of time because people sort of forget about you, and you certainly can't do it when you're coming off of a loss. And for Roman, he's... He's getting up there in age. He's going to be 36 this summer. So it's kind of like if he's going to do it, he's got to do it now. And then Imovov is like – Imovov's one of those guys that I think as a whole, a lot of us just got super-duper high on. Uh, Andre Muniz's sort of feelings about him. Goes out there and loses a tight one to Phil Hawes. Goes out there and just runs over Ian Heinish. Goes out and runs over Edmund Shabazian. Goes and beats Joaquin Buckley in a in a fun fight that in a in a win that has aged pretty well. And then he lost a dominant decision to Sean Strickland. Yeah, it was on short notice. And then he was doing good against Chris Curtis, and the clash of heads happened, and just haven't been able to get him back since. So both these guys, I mean, it's been almost a year since it's been over a year. Since the Strickland fight, it's been June. It was 289 when he fought Curtis. So it's been a hot minute since you've seen him in the win column. He hasn't won since September of 2022. And Delege has been out for a minute. So it's an important fight for both guys. Like one of these guys is going to be like, you know, top five, seven-ish kind of guy that's like knocking on the door but has a long way to go. And then the other guy is probably just going to be a back end of the top 15 guy for a while. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a really good living doing that. So it's, you know, we say this kind of jokingly, but this is just one of those things where it's like, especially when you talk about the middleweight division, like no one's mentioning either of these names right now at the top of the conversation when it comes to titles and moving up the ladder and things of that nature. And of all the middleweight fights that are booked right now that feature ranked fighters, this is probably the bottom of the list in terms of excitement and where either guy could go just on paper right now so this is just one of those apexy main events that's like yeah it's 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 a fight stakes aren't all that high it's just it's a fight that's kind of where we're at here but i think could be fun both guys need to win both guys need to do it impressively if they want to get in that discussion so i don't think this will be middleweighty middleweight Delise is not really that guy, but we'll see. And then we get Piper. A lot of middleweight Apex made events. A lot of them coming up. This one, next week we have one. 
Brendan Allen, Marvin Vittori is another one coming up in April. So, yeah, middleweights are going to get main event spots a lot this year, I think. But, yeah, it'll be a fine fight. rest of the card's pretty uh, solid. It's not a bad Apex card. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Park, go ahead. What's going on, Mike? So uh, I just had a couple questions about a couple fights that, you know, should be coming up. Uh, you know, despite all the shit that Bilal gets, you know, for whatever reason, you know, boring fights, whatever, you know, assuming that's obviously the next fight to happen, um, you know, with Bilal being a kind of like a master of game plans, he's very good at shutting people down, uh, you know, at their own game. How do you see that fight playing out with him and Leon? Uh, you know, I'm just very curious because I think it's closer than a lot of people think. Um, you know, even in the first fight, he showed he's able to hang in there with them. Uh, and then the next one would be, the uh, McGregor Chandler fight, you know, Chandler's arguably the most explosive guy on the roster. Connor coming off a, you know, it'll probably be three years just about since he last fought and, you know, it didn't go his way, obviously. And, you know, with that injury and everything playing into it, I feel like, you know, Chandler's being heavily overlooked. I really think, you know, his athleticism and power could pose a real danger for Connor. And I, I kind of see Connor getting leveled in that fight. So, you know, let, let me know what you think about Bilal Leon and uh, Chandler McGregor. Well, I'll start with Chandler McGregor. Um, I mean, right now I'm picking Michael Chandler. I'm picking Chandler. Would it shock me if, if Connor came out and just busted Chandler up in round one? Sure. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I could see it happening. Chandler, Connor's done that to a lot of guys. But Chan, there's just so many ways for Chandler to win this fight. Just so many of them. He could just take Connor down, which I don't think he's going to do. And. If he could just get to round two, he wins. If he can weather the early storm, Chandler's going to win. And you're asking a lot because Connor hits very, very hard, even being out three years. He's obviously put on some muscle and some size, so that isn't going to take anything away from the power. He's not going to have to cut a lot of weight, it, it, one would assume. So, But to me, I just think like Chandler just needs to get to the second round. I Honestly, I think if he gets like the four-minute mark of the first round, it's his fight to lose. So I would I would pick Chandler for that fact because that fight's going to be 25 minutes. And you're giving Chandler 21 extra minutes on a, on, to fight a guy like Connor who's got to be fading at that point of the fight. So I think the smart money is on Chandler. But again... If Connor won, it wouldn't surprise me. But let's let's see what Michael Chandler shows up. Do we get Bellator Michael Chandler? Do we get Bellator lightweight champion Michael Chandler, who just wins at all costs, or do we get UFC Michael Chandler, who would rather be in a fight of the year contender than win a fight? And still, I think Chandler could still win that style of fight too if his chin can hold up for more than three and a half, four minutes. So, yeah, I would pick Chandler, but who knows? By the time we get to June or 300, whenever that fight actually happens, maybe I'll change my tune, but it's tough to say. Connor hasn't fought in a long time, and he hasn't looked very good. Dustin, like, ate him alive before the leg break. I mean, it was all Poirier. Very close to getting him out of there. Poirier weathered the storm in the, in the second fight and then put him away. We'll see. 
We'll see how it works. And then the Leon Bilal fight. Look, Bilal could, Bilal could win. He could. I wouldn't pick him to win. I would pick Leon to win. But it's going to be a close fight. Like, I don't think Leon's going to blow the doors off him. I think it's going to be just a grimy, competitive championship bout that should not be at UFC 300 because it just shouldn't be at UFC. You, you can't end UFC 300 with this fight. You just can't do it. You can't. got to end it with some excitement and all that stuff. And this one, while it's going to be close and competitive, I don't think it's an exciting fight. I just think it's going to be kind of a grind. It's going to be like Sterling Cejudo-ish in some regard. Like, it's going to be like that. Where it's like, okay, this is close. Could go either way. Let's see how the judges score it. But it's not one we're going to go back and rewatch again. It's not going to be a fight of the year contender. This will not be Strickland DDP. The fascination of Strickland DDP will not be the same as this one. It's just going to be a different kind of competitive fight. But yeah, Bilal could win. But I would pick. Right now, I would pick Leon to win. I would pick Leon to win. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm telling you what, man. The more time goes by, the more you might be worried if you're a Bilal Muhammad fan. But I don't think this fight happens at 300 at this point. I don't think it happens at 301. I think you have to just wait. Like if you go, if you go into London in June or July or something, you have to do it there, right? Or do you, is that the main event of Saudi Arabia? Leon versus Bilal? I don't know. But I don't think it's happened at 300. And if they're going to Brazil, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad makes no sense in Brazil. But all you're doing right now is you're giving Shavkat time to heal up. But I think it's kind of ridiculous if Bilal does get this title shot at this point. Let's go to MMA pastime. Go ahead. Thank you. Konnichiwa, Japanese MMA fan. Uh, sorry if this is the uh, same question. Do you think you can with uh, someday for uh, KO or win? Question. Can, can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. MMA passed out. Are you there? Yes. Poye uh, someday is KO. Oh, Pori Santidi. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, Pori, dude. Pori Santidi rules. That fight is so good. Uh, I, I'm so excited for it. And with, I'll tell you, like, and I said this after they announced uh, the Gaethje Holloway fight, the stakes have risen immensely for Dustin Pori versus Benoit Santini. Because we just all assumed that Gaethje was going to get the title shot against Islam. And now we don't know what's happening with that situation. So for the next, I don't know, three months, we're going to get ourselves like a little, a little mini Grand Prix 
And it's going to be like not a tournament, but it's going to be like, all right, who who's done it best? And Dustin Poirier could definitely win this fight. And Santini's an animal. And then for a guy like Matush Gamrod, he's fighting a former champion in RDA. He goes out and has an impressive performance. What will that do for his title hopes? And then we get to 300, and it's all this craziness going on. So, yeah, the, the, the stakes are very, very high for Poirier BSD. I have no idea who's going to win that fight. But I think if you're, if you're completely under – like if you're just like, yeah, Poirier has no chance – I think that's probably the wrong way to approach this. But love the love the matchmaking. Love that Pori is taking this fight. Love that BSD is getting this opportunity. Love everything about it. Cannot wait for that fight. Top five. That's a top five fight on the books right now for me of what's actually at stake and, and what's on the table right now. Uh, Santino, go ahead. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not connecting, Santino. Try again. Maybe bounce out and re-request. Uh, mods, do we have you? Yeah, no, to be fair, just to sort of jump on the back of what you was talking about, because that fight for me, I fully agree with what you're saying. Like That's a massive fight for both, for both gentlemen. Um, I just wanted to, like, to be fair, you was wrapping it up as I was requesting it. So, um, yeah, just to your sort of take on that fight. Um, but you kind of answered it before I even got the chance still. So, uh, but yeah, big you up anyway, by the way. I'm enjoying this space. First time I stopped by here still. So uh, I'm going to make sure it happens a bit more often when I see this. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that Poirier fight. I think it's um, I think it's a very dangerous fight for Poirier. I agree with you. He has the skills, as we all know, to win. And it might be the fact that his experience and the veteran sort of nature that he has is what navigates him through it. Is that a free rounder or is it a five rounder, that one, just out of curiosity? Five. Ooh. Five rounder. Ooh, interesting. Am I right in thinking um, the other man's only ever gone free? Yeah, I mean, to me, like, that makes things super fascinating that it's five rounds because Poirier's been there a million times. Now, Santini is a wrecking ball, but he also brings something to the table that Poirier has not dealt with a lot in, in, in very good fashion. And that's a guy who can just wrestle his ass off. Not that Poirier is like a fish out of water, but Santini can take, his, can take him down. And if he gets on top of you, it could be a very bad night for you. But can he do this for 25 minutes? Because Poirier is durable as shit. He's, got, he's just so game. And de- he's really defensively sound. And BSD does like to wrestle, and that's in his arsenal. But a fight this big in Miami on a big card like this, sometimes that adrenaline just gets you. And you just want to get in there and chuck him. And if that happens, like, yeah, sure. Could he land something big on Poirier? Absolutely. 
But the longer that fight goes, the more live Poirier gets, in my opinion. So it's so good. Um, interesting announcement here, or at least a report. We have not confirmed this just yet. Uh, from Ariel Hawani, you may know who he is. Uh, the first New Era Bellator event, at least by this report, March 22nd, Belfast. And the main event will be Corey Anderson versus Carl Moore for the now vacant Bellator light heavyweight title. So we'll see if we can uh, confirm this news. Something tells me uh, if Ariel's reporting it, then it's probably uh, a safe bet that it's happening. Maybe we get Chris Cyborg versus Liam McCord on this card as well. I think that would make sense, especially in Belfast. But, yeah, looks like Bellator is uh, is officially back, baby. March 22nd. So we'll see where that's going to air and all that fun stuff. But, yes, Corey Anderson versus Carl Moore, the first main event of uh, the new era of Bellator. What a world we are living in. So there you have it. We'll see if we can uh, confirm this news, but there we go. Santino, do we have you now? Hey, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, how's how's he, how you doing, Mike? Uh, just got a couple. Good, how are you, man? Awesome. Got a couple questions here. Um, first one is the lightweight division. You all were touching on it a little bit. It's gonna get packed in the cup uh, the next couple months with Poirier. Um, <clears throat> you have Gaethje, Oliveira. You have Saruki and uh, all these guys going at it. BSD, possibly Chandler, possibly Connor. Do you think the whole BMF belt, how we have Gaethje now defending it for the first time, is set up somehow for Connor McGregor? Possibly, maybe he does make his return because uh, going on another question, uh, the only two things I can see main eventing over the BMF belt would realistically be if Connor got in that card or Izzy on one of those two title fights with Pereira or um Drakus. so i don't i don't really see anything else like leon Bilal. i think if it got on the card i i don't think you can end the night on that and i know you've touched on that it just doesn't make sense to to end the night on that card um with those two fighters but do you think it's possible that they're trying to get connor back hope he wins and then set up that dream match with gagey uh versus connor for the bmf belt and then make connor and then they're going to probably push that BMF belt even more, make him a quote-unquote three-division champ. Uh, is that something that you can see Dana doing? And how do you? what would you think about that? That's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, it's Conor's world, and we're, they're all just kind of living in it. But we have to remember something about Conor McGregor as well. He's got two fights left on his deal. So... Let's just say Connor Chandler happens, whether it's 300 or International Fight Week. If you're a guy like Connor, who makes as much money as he does and knows what types of money can be made outside of the UFC or available to him, which, ask Nathan Diaz, there's a lot. Are, is it going to be tougher to book him without an extension? Are they going to sort of handle him like they handled Nate, where just impossible types of of matchups and schedules 
and just kind of keep letting the clock run out, keep delaying it, keep delaying it, keep delaying it, hoping he resigns, just not booking him until he resigns? Do they do this with Connor? Or do they look at the short term and say, hey, let's just give the man what he wants and hope he resigns? So this is going to be a really interesting story when this first fight, when this first fight is done. How is Connor going to handle it? Is he going to resign? Does he do the extension? Does he test free agency? Because Connor can make a lot more money outside of the UFC than he can in. He can make a shitload of money in the UFC, but he can make more out of it. Can you imagine if Connor and Nate set up the trilogy themselves without the UFC? It's going to be freaking gigantic, and they get to keep all the money. So Connor's going to have so many options. Having said that, Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway was always like the fight I wanted to see. It's always like the, the dream matchup. The vice dream matchup is Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. That's, that's the vice matchup. It's basically like Gaethje and Holloway, you're drinking, you know, you're, you're drinking like IPAs. Like you're out, you're having a good time. Like it's going to be a good night. We're just enjoying ourselves. Right? Sitting at the bar, eat good food, just having a good night. And then Connor versus Gaethje is like, I'm shotgunning 18 four locos at the same time. And I'm going to black out and shit's going to get real weird. That's what that fight is. And I'm here for it. Here for it. So could it happen? Sure. Would Justin Gaethje say no to that? Probably not because he'd make a floppity jillion dollars. He'd make more money fighting Connor than he would fighting. Is a Makachev right now. But is it about money? Is it about legacy? I know how much Justin Gaethje wants to wear that title, wants to wear that lightweight title. But kind of turn kind of hard to turn down the red panty night as well. So there's there's some beef here. There's some beef there between those two guys. So we'll see what happens. But I'm down. Uh, Cole, go ahead. Nope. Now you can go ahead. I was about to bring David in and then something happened and I lost him. Uh, so we'll bring Cole in. Perhaps. Getting the, the wheel of doom. Got me, Mike? Yes, I got you. <clears throat> All right. So this morning I was just kind of thinking about like some of the more underrated wins in like, like hindsightly underrated wins in UFC history. And I'm looking back and just remembering how Francis knocked out Kane Velasquez and no one still gives Francis any credit for that win. Really? Like they assume that whole fight was just Kane tearing his knee and 40 year old Kane. It's like, okay, like people forget the lead up to that fight. That was a big deal. And thinking of that fight and thinking of, Looking at Stipe's res, I, I truly think it's between Stipe and Nganu for the top two best UFC heavyweights of all time. If Stipe can somehow beat John Jones, I need, like, this sounds crazy, but I need Francis versus Stipe three. Is that crazy? Like, I think that the stakes around that fight, hands down, are for the greatest ever. But maybe I'm just tripping. What do you think about that? Hands down? Have you forgot about Fedor? Come on now. Come on. Did I even put Fedor in the conversation? Is is a little crazy. 
Like I, I have no interest in watching Francis fight Stipe again. Oh, there's just no, there's just no way that goes well for Stipe at all. None. Now I'll tell you what. It w- I would be interested only for the fact that if somehow, some way, PFL was able to get Stipe over there, like that'd be that'd be like that'd be a big deal. Like that'd be that'd be a headline making move to put that fight together. But. I think Stipe is going to fight John later this year, and then he's going to be done. Stipe doesn't need to fight. Doesn't even seem like he truly wants to fight. But if he's going to do it, he's going to fight John or he's going to fight Francis, but he's going to go to PFL to do it. I don't know how, what his contract looks like. I don't know any of that shit. But yeah, if they've somehow like bought out Stipe's contract and like brought him over to PFL to fight Francis, like that's, that's a co-leader move right there. That's a, that's a big move. I don't think it would ever happen, but yeah, I mean, I'll watch it, but I think you have to put Fedor at least in the discussion. Even if you don't think he's, even if you're not confident enough to put him in number one, he needs to be in the conversation. There is no hands down in this discussion without Fedor being a part of it. At least that's, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Uh, David, do we have you now? You're muted. I think you've connected, but you just got to unmute yourself. Oh, all right, all right. I'm new to this. Uh, long-time listener, second-time caller. Man, I just got one thing for you. Is Aljamain Sterling the most disrespected champion in UFC history? Nine straight wins, three title defenses. He's going up a weight class, and he's got to fight in the prelims? I get it's UFC 300, but... They just they just take him behind the bar in every step of the way, it seems. Just irks me, man. I'll hang up and listen. Um look, I, I of everything on the lineup right now. I am incredibly fascinated with this fight. Like incredibly fascinated by it. Because as I said, pretty much immediately after he lost the belt to Sean O'Malley. Go to 45. Go all in on Max Holloway. Nobody else. Do not call for a rematch. Do not call for anybody else. Call for Max Holloway. Do it now and keep doing it. He didn't listen. He eventually got there, but it took him like three months to get there. And it is so important to plant that seed immediately. Enter Calvin Cater. Now, there are a lot of people who were not very confident that Aljamain Sterling would A, beat Max Holloway. But there are a lot of people who called into this year program when I suggested this and said, dude, Holloway's going to thump him up. And I was just like, I don't know if that's all the way true. But if you're going to make the move to 45, you're not just going to just do it. You're going to go up there and fight for a belt, right? Like, what's the point? Otherwise, screw friendship. Just go win a fight, and you're probably getting a title shot at Bantamweight again. Or you could just fight Marab for the belt. But if you're going to make this move, like, you want to try to fight for the belt. If you go and get the Holloway fight and win, you're getting a title shot immediately. I don't think he gets that if he beats Calvin Cater. I think he still will have work to do. I think there's still going to be guys ahead of him. I think Bob Zaro will be ahead of him. I think Max Holloway will still be ahead of him, even with Max going to 55. 
But if it wasn't Max, in terms of like tough stylistic matchups, Calvin Cater is super interesting. Super interesting fight because Calvin can wrestle. Doesn't get a lot of credit for his wrestling, but he can wrestle. Not to the level of Aljo, but he's a very good wrestler. He's a very good defensive wrestler. And he's huge. He's a big, big featherweight. That fight is super interesting. Having said that, as soon as that fight was announced, I was like, damn, that's a good prelim fight. It's just... Uh, Calvin, Calvin's not a big star. Aljo's, like, Aljo was a former champion, but he was never like a big star. So this is, like, it doesn't surprise me that it would be a prelim fight. It's not going to be an early prelim fight. It'll be like an ESPN fight. And you can make a strong case that more people are going to watch Aljamain Sterling versus Calvin Cater because it's on ESPN. And it's going to be on ABC as well. Way, so I'll even say this. Way more people, way more people are going to watch Aljamain Sterling fight Calvin Cater than watch whatever the UFC 300 main event is going to be. By a lot. By a lot. Maybe double the amount of people. It's not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be. To answer your other question, is he the most disrespected UFC champion ever? He's right up there. He's right up there. Tired Woodley is right up there as well, and he probably has the strongest case of all. Because Dana had said a lot of not-so-kind things about Tired Woodley over the years, uh, and he said a lot of not-so-kind things about Aljamain Sterling over the years as well. So they're right, right up there. But yeah. And, it, it, even, and as I said, like Sterling's not going to have an easy road to get to the 45-pound title. They're going to try to avoid this at all costs, giving him a title shot. But Cater's a tough fight. And if he wins that, he's still not going to get it. He's probably still going to have to get one more win. Can you imagine if, like, Volkanovski beats Deporia? And Aljo beats... Like, they're going to have to chuck him in there with Ilya Teporia. Who would you pick in that fight? The road's going to be a tough one. But yeah, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Uh, we will go to EM, and then that's it. Because I got to go. Maybe. Getting the Wheel of Doom. All right, maybe we'll get EM through. I'm not sure, but we'll start the wrapping up of the program. Uh, thank you all very much. Jake Paul's opponent just announced, by the way, uh, for March 2nd. He is fighting Ryan Borland, who is 17-2, and two, I believe, with six knockouts. And that will be the co-main event to Amanda Serrano versus Nita Mikey. March 2nd, Puerto Rico. There you go. There you have it. Jake Paul's opponent officially announced. So uh, thank you all very much. I appreciate you. Gots to go. A lot going on. And uh, we're done. So see you Thursday. We'll do it again. Maybe we do it here. Maybe we do it on YouTube. But we'll have BTL on Thursday as well. Special Q&A edition. And then Friday, we'll have a, a, a preview show. There will be a UFC event this weekend, so get excited. So thank you all very much. We'll see you on Thursday. Until then, have a great rest of your Tuesday. And have a heck of a morning, everybody.
listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 